This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 981, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 25th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 981. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our episode looking at some of the releases from the week of Wednesday, May 25th. Uh, you may say, wait a minute, Adam, we're in June now. Yes, we are. Um, I've, uh, I think by the time the show is finally uh, up to date and I have episodes going up on time is when the show will end. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's happening. Um, so let's jump right in. Talk about some of the books that came out on May 25th. Um, some of them include Batman Beyond the White Knight, which I haven't finished. I finally caught, caught up up to issue, I guess, what, halfway through issue three now. Got Batman Fortress number one. I don't even know what that is. Um... Can the Dark Knight stop an invasion of Earth? Yeah, I'm not really sure what that is. Um, we got DC vs. Vampires Hunters one-shot by Rosenberg. You got uh, Deathstroke Inc. number 9. I feel like I'm really out of touch with DC these days. I just have not been keeping up. Uh, that goes for Detective Comics as well. We got issue 1060 of Detective Comics. We got Devil's Reign Omega. Uh, I haven't actually read most of Devil's Reign. We got Hulk number 7, which is Banner of War part 3. Uh, we got Legion of X issue number 1 by Cy Spurrier. I believe that's coming out of Way of X, which in itself came out of Onslaught something. I don't know. I can't even remember or keep half these X things straight anymore. We've got Moon Knight number 11, Punisher number 3, Robin 14, uh, Savage Spider-Man number 3. I really haven't even had a chance to start that book yet. I know it's pulling off or coming after Nonstop Spider-Man that came out previously. we got Task Force Z. Uh, this is issue number 8. Uh, Teen Titans, or sorry, Teen, uh, Teen Titans Academy and The Swamp Thing. Uh, so what did I read? Well, that's a great question. I read, um, actually, I read six books. Um, this episode's still going to be pretty short, but at least I'm talking about more books for once. First off, we got Superman in Action Comics 1043. Um, Break the Walls Down, it says on the on the main cover. Um, this is, let me just find the creative team here. Um, you know, somewhere in this title, I hope there's a creative team listed. Uh, otherwise, this is going to get really awkward really fast. Uh, okay, War World Revolution Part 1. Uh, it's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, our work by Ricardo Federici and Will Conrad. Um, and they also have A Myth of the Mongol, uh, backup by Philip Kennedy Johnson and Philip Will Conrad. Um, so most of the same creative team, but not quite. Um, I am enjoying this. It's going on a lot longer than I ever would have expected. Um, so it just keeps going, and I guess it's, you know, it keeps Superman off-world for a long time, uh, so that John can be Superman, and they can kind of tell stories elsewhere. It's interesting, because there's such a different, there are, are various shifts in the artwork, I would say, in terms of the overall tone, and I guess it's mainly the colors that really do this. It has almost a, a washed-out look, but, I mean, it, it fits for the type of story that's being told. It's not a story about, you know, I guess the you know, clean contrast colors, uh, it's more, you know, muddy tones, and there's just a, a certain sensibility to it that I'm actually quite enjoying, and I do feel like it's very appropriate uh, to the overall storyline. I The artwork at times, there's a few pages where it gets a little sharper, the colors become more typical, um, and the artwork looks a little bit more, you know, standard, and then it kind of gets that you know, off that uh, way off kind of look feeling again. And um, I actually kind of think that most of the, the narrative thrust feels more at home in that kind of earthier tone, uh, which doesn't have the same level of, of vibrancy in the colors, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But I, I, I continue to enjoy it. Uh, next up, we have Amazing Spider-Man number two, um, which I have been enjoying the relaunch. I think this has been really good. Um you know, there's some things about it that are, you know, whatever. But um, overall, I think it's it's 
you know, enjoyable. Uh, it's by Zeb Wells, who's been writing it. You got John Reader Jr. on pencil, Scott Hanna on inks. You got uh, Marcio, was it Marcio or Marcio Minez on colors and virtual calligraphy, Joe Carmagna on letters. Um, I thought that there's just something about John Meter's art here, which again feels more vibrant than it has in years. It feels, I, I, although I don't like his tombstone. I think his tombstone just doesn't look unique enough. Um, but generally speaking, like I like a lot of the other stuff here. Um, I think this reminds me of reading Spider-Man in the late nineties when I was, you know, reading about JRJR, um, even more so in some ways than his, J- his stuff with JMS. This feels almost like pre JMS kind of JR. Um, but I'm really enjoying the overall tone, um, the action, the intrigue, um, the way that the character is being written, how he, you know, fights Tombstone against himself, lured into a trap. I thought was really interesting. Um, but the, even the fight was really well done. Um, I just find this incredibly engrossing, and I haven't really been engrossed by Spider-Man in a while. Like I wanted to love Beyond, and then Beyond just kind of broke my heart a little, and just wasn't what I was looking for. Um, and I don't know how much of that is the creators, and how much of it is editorial, and how much of it's me projecting what I want over what they gave me. I just found that the story in general. I mean, I didn't really appreciate the story about you know kind of ripping down Ben again. I thought this was going to be a fun Ben story, and it didn't feel like it was that, and it didn't even feel like it was particularly a Affirming for Peter Parker. So I just feel like it kind of failed on multiple levels. Um, but now that we have, you know, a kind of a, a nice clean slate, and it feels like Zeb Wells is telling, you know, a really strong Spider Man story, and I'm all for it. And the fact that they got JRJR to do, his, you know, do the artwork is spectacular, or I should say amazing. Um, and again, if the, if the only flaw, and I, I do wish there'd been more time spent with Peter and the kids, actually, I think that would have been fun. Um, but uh, I do think the only flaw is I don't like his tombstone. And considering Tombstone's a major player here, it's a bit of a problem, but not a huge one. Um, it's just not an interpretation of the character I like or find recognizable. Um, if he was colored any differently, I don't know if I'd know who it was. You know, like it, Whereas I think... You know, if you look at the kind of classic first appearances of the character, he had a very particular look, and this just isn't that version of the character. So that's the only, I don't even know if I could call it a flaw, but the thing that I don't like as much, the detractor uh, that I would say. Uh, then we had Aquaman, Aquaman number four. I found this to be really in, in, enjoyable and interesting. I like the combination of characters. Um, I like the subterfuge that um, you know that has led uh, Arthur to be dealing with Black Manta. I like how Black Manta's kind of interactions are written because he's he, he is not he's still the same. He is none of his edges are have been softened. Um, I like the team up aspects. I like the focus that we get on Calder um, that I think are really interesting as well. Um, and Mira, like I just in general, I think this is a really fun Atlantis focused book. And I am all for it. Um, again, I, I feel like I'm on and off here in terms of keeping up with all the Aquaman stuff. But I find even if you haven't been kind of keeping up with everything, it's very well written. And you can kind of get what you need to understand the characters, why they're acting certain ways, and really kind of um, you know buy into everything. It's written by Chuck Brown and Brandon Thomas. So they're credited with the script, with pencils by uh, Sammy Basri, with inks by Sammy Basri and Vicente Cifuentes. Uh, colors by Adriano Lucas. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying this book. Uh, next up, we have uh, Avengers 56, which I'm finally caught up on. Um, I haven't I haven't really enjoyed the um, 
a lot of the books for a long time that have been Avengers. I just I'm not a huge fan of Jason Aaron's run on the on the on the book. That being said, I will say that this issue is definitely an exception. Uh, it's the Saga of Jane by Jason Aaron and Javier Garon with cover art, sorry color art by David Curiel and again Corey Pettit from Virtual Calligraphy is on letters. Um, this is a focus on Valkyrie or Jane Foster. And considering the affinity that obviously Jason Aaron has for that character, uh, for when she was Thor, and how you know the the adventure she goes on here in terms of a temptation by Mephisto, uh, ends up kind of being half rescued by an alternate version of Jane Foster as Thor. So you get kind of a team up of the Jane Thor and the Jane Valkyrie. Um, the idea that there's an, a temptation and a test, and that maybe there's something to the hammer and how Jane feels and misses wielding the hammer, even though she's you know the Valkyrie now. I found this was. Tr- tremendously engaging like again i have i am and this is spoken to someone who's not a huge fan like i'm i I like jason aaron and i've liked you know i like his thor considerably um but there's a lot of stuff with him i'm like all right that's cool but like it didn't make me slobber all over the place i wouldn't call myself a jason aaron fanboy but i thought this was tremendously enjoyable i thought garon's artwork was really good and really sold the different iterations of jane um you know the the, just some of the acting on her face was really interesting like um there's an early spot i want to say in like the first what six maybe six or seven pages um when you have jane when she's living, you know, with Thor in this kind of this this vision, and she picks up the hammer, and there's just something about the the facial expressions that are so haunting, and like this look of like you know something's wrong, and I don't know why it's wrong, but something is wrong, and I'm holding this hammer, and I I just I really bought into it. I love that. There's just something about the facial work that he does that's just so good. So I, I found that was incredibly engaging. Um, next up, so yeah, I. That was probably the best issue of Avengers I've written by just I've read by Jason Aaron in a long time. Next up is Captain Carter. This is issue three, written by Jamie McKelvey, artwork by Marika Cresta and Matt Miller on color art, and uh, Clayton Cowles from Virtual Calligraphy on letters. Um, I love this. Um, this whole book is just feels so vibrant and alive. Obviously, part of it's because it's an alternate universe, and you can do other things with characters like Betsy Braddock. Um, but really, just to see a character like Peggy who. You know, we we know her more as a construct of the MCU more than anything, and now they've used a version of her to kind of headline this book comic, and it's hard not to hear Haley Atwell and kind of feel Haley Atwell in everything here, but it's just an interesting exploration um, and kind of, uh, not even exploration, but a send-up of like certain tropes, but now with... Uh, and it feels very much like the movies at times. There's basically a sequence on an elevator, or in a, not even an elevator, but in a in a briefing room. Um, but you know, Peggy getting to kind of play in the Captain America role, and you know, teaming up with a version of Stark here, which I thought was really cool as well. Um, so this is fantastic, and I think the creative team is doing a, a bang up job. And really, it feels. I mean, Jamie McCulvey obviously um, is able. You know, he's British, so he's able to write a very good. A version of uh, Agent Carter it feels very authentic feeling, and um, I like the adventures that she's going on because they do feel you know different than Captain America, but similar, um, which is I think what you know I think it's what the tone would be going for. So I, I thought this was great. And last but not least, we have Spider Man twenty ninety nine Exodus Part One, written by Steve Orlando and Dave Watcher. I don't know if there was a kind of a, a book that came before this or not or i wasn't i haven't really been paying attention so i don't know if there was like an alpha book for 2099 but i thought this is really good um i really enjoyed this i thought the artwork was great um i liked the kind of the main brunt of the story about this kind of futuristic version of a winter soldier um so i thought this was pretty cool and 
really uh, Winter Soldier 13, I guess is her name. Um, I thought it was incredibly well done, very tense. Um, again, it was a world that, you know, was similar but different. We have a version of Crossbones, for example, um, going up against this version of the Winter Soldier. Um, but a lot of it is just, you know, futuristic stuff and a different version of this character. And I thought this was awesome and really well written and exciting and much more than I expected. Like, I, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't really expect much of this. Um, it's not really Spider-Man 2099. It's much more about, like, the world 2099 than Spider-Man himself. But that's not a bad thing. And as here, we, you know, we saw them do a brand new version of a character, and yet it was tremendously enjoyable and engaging. And I would definitely want to read, would, would, would have read more with that version of the character. And because the story was really strong. So this was a, quite a surprise, but a, but a nice one, and one I really appreciated. Uh, and then looking at uh, the next week's comics, or at least June 1st, which is already passed as I'm recording this on June 6th, but uh, hopefully in our next reviews episode, I'll be talking about uh, additional books uh, that came out on that particular day. And those include issues of, well, I'm just going to talk about the Marvel ones, because when I go to Previous World, I forget that there's never uh, the DC stuff uh, anymore, even though we know that there's DC books that came out. But on the Marvel side, there's new issues of Alien, Avengers Forever, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Carnage, uh, Deadpool Bad Blood, which is reprinting the um, original graphic novel by Rob Liefeld. You got Ghost Rider, King Conan, issue five of six, as uh, the Conan stuff kind of wraps up at Marvel. You got Knights of X number two. Luke Cage Omnibus, Marvel's June 1962 Omnibus. We got Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man 38. You got Star Wars Bounty Hunters. You got Moon Knight number one, Facsimile Edition. You got Strange number three. Uh, and then you got uh, X-Men 92, House of XCII 205. Um, so some good stuff coming up. Um, and uh, there's also a new issue of Heavy Metal, issue 317, if you're into heavy metal. So thanks again for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.